So, uh, I just watched, I just watched a video game movie, and it, it was halfway decent, and I'm kind of scared. Is, is, is this how the world ends? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. <laughs> I finally talked everybody into uh, going to see Prince of Persia, despite knowing it's a Disney movie and there's absolutely zero chance that uh, I see any of Gemma Arterton's nipples at all during the course of the movie. What a shame. It's man. not a bad thing, necessarily. The hell it is. <laughs> the hell it's not a bad Pirates thing. Pirates didn't have any... Uh... Yeah, but Keira Knightley looks like she's strung it on meth. I don't really care about that. Oh, her. okay. I, I kind of judge a movie for more than, you know, how much nudity there is. Yeah, well, you know, some of us just have higher standards. She did show a lot of cleavage, though. She did, and I was grateful for that. Yeah. So anyway, what you guys think Zoom. of the movie? I thought it was pretty good, you know, for it to be a uh, video game movie, but yeah. compared to other video game movies, like Resident Evil and... Yeah, I, I was highly skeptical going in as as uh, evidenced by our last podcast. But uh, yeah, getting into it, I found myself enjoying it, not thinking it to be a great piece of cinema, but at least a very enjoyable film. That you know, if say in six months I had it on DVD or something, I'd just pop it in and let it go and not really think too much about it. But it was it was surprisingly. Uh, Surprisingly serviceable for a video game movie. Surprisingly watchable. Yeah. Uh, a backhanded compliment. Well, I'm sorry. After after uh, The Legend of Chun-Li, uh, I'm very stingy with my praise anymore. And you have a right to be. I was actually... I, I was happy with it. Um, I was surprised, even after reading some reviews that said negative things about it, it was not as bad as even the reviews said, or I didn't feel like it was. No, and I'm sure that there's things that people will nitpick about it, um, but it wasn't killed by some of the uh, logic and character problems, for the most part. There, there, there's Like I said, there's definitely stuff you can nitpick. Um, that's a, like we talked about with Clash of the Titans, where it's like, <laughs> really, Perseus, you just, yeah. all of a sudden you're all buddy chum with Zeus after 90 minutes of, oh, I'm a man, look at me, I'm on a winged horse. Oh, man. Uh, and how it totally did not go along with the first one? Yeah, yeah. The, it, the first one sucked, but the second one was somehow even worse. I And, and actually, you mentioned, too, that it, it kind of felt like a Disney movie, and it definitely had that feel, but I went in going, okay, this is going to be like Pirates. And it was okay, because I could see a lot of the, the the things that bothered me, like the merchant was kind of cheesy. But I'm like, okay, he would fit in Pirates. Yeah, he, he would fit in a Disney movie, so... That that character archetype of the merchant, I, don't even, I never even called his name, but he definitely fit in as, like, a cast-off from uh, one of the Pirates characters. Is it just me, or do movies seem to do that a lot more now, where... Like, I, I noticed I had the same problem with Clash of the Titans. There were all these characters introduced, and I never really caught their names. 
Uh, yeah, I definitely think there is an issue with that, where there are characters that are really just kind of two-dimensional, and they're there to add a certain yeah. zing to the story, but they don't really do anything, and they're not expounded upon in any way. He's he's The merchant is just an opportunistic guy that somehow gets caught up in, uh, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal and Gemma Arterton's little escapade, and... Uh, <laughs> He Turns grows, out he, to be a vital part. Yeah, he grows a little, but uh, helps him out. Maybe he's a little bit better in the end for it? He actually <laughs> is. And, and like I said, that's interesting, because I've griped before when we've talked about anime and, and movies, about how there's kind of this tendency to separate the world into main characters and secondary characters. And I think like the, the not-catching-names is kind of part of that, like, these people don't really matter. They're they're secondary characters. But I, I think what what I came away with it saying to myself was it wasn't as good as say the first parts of the Caravan movie. Um but it was better than any of the mummy movies that I've watched. By it's been far. A while oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I'm just saying by far I was agreeing. Oh. Go ahead, interrupt. Oh. <laughs> no, it I it's been a while since I've seen the mummy, but um I don't know, like, it's definitely in there. Like, those are all... A little bit of The Mummy and Aladdin. Indiana, Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones and Aladdin. And... I mean, it's, it's definitely not uh, the most original work uh, ever conceived. But what do you think of Jake Gyllenhaal being the Prince of Persia? I mean... um, aside from the fact that he's white, <laughs> um, he looked the part. Like, if you were to take... Uh, a look at him in the movie versus a look at the cover of, say, uh, The Two Thrones, um, Prince of Persia came. He definitely, he definitely looks like the, the character on the front of the, of the box, but, yeah. and he, he, he does a good job of being kind of, you know, this slightly sarcastic, smarmy kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like uh, I like the way that they incorporated the action into the movie. That that probably had the most feel of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah, were, were like the action sequences, and, and and of course with a character like uh, the Prince uh, being very agile and everything, it, there's sort of a, a swashbuckling element that's inherent to begin with. Yeah, so. I mean they stormed the castle. It wouldn't look out of place in Pirates. No, and one thing I did notice because I read a review. Of um of the movie that talked about this, like it kind of felt like it was constructed like a, a video game in that you had a cutscene showing you what you had to do and then action yeah. to do it. It was only that way at the beginning. Yeah, they, there were a couple of places where they panned the camera, uh, like in the end where they're in the temple <clears> that <throat> did that, but it wasn't pervasive. It wasn't like yeah. you know that first person sequence in the Doom movie where you where you're like, okay, I'm checking out of this. You've watched the Doom movie? Yeah. Bits of it, it, yeah. It's I never have because uh, frankly that's one bit of my childhood I don't want destroyed by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> it was it was on TNT one night and I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch a few minutes of this and see how bad it is and yeah. Just god awful. Of course Doom had, you know, zero story to begin with. Yeah. So <laughs> They, I don't even think they stayed true to the original feel of it from the previous. No, season. no, sir. You just had the rock yelling. Yeah, and this one actually, like you said, did. I want soldiers. I want winners. <laughs> I do want winners. Because <laughs> I actually noticed, like 
a couple of the outfits he's wearing seem to be outfits from different games. Yes. And um, one thing that, you know, you'll see in the credits is that uh, the game's creator, Jordan Mechner, did the screenplay, which I think, for the most part, and and I'll get get to my one critique about the story here in a little bit, um, for the most part, I think it did the movie a lot of favors, because obviously Prince of Persia is his story, it's his creation, Mm -hmm. and the fact that they were willing to allow him to take it and adapt it for the screen yeah, and I, I definitely, like, it was something I mentioned last podcast where, you know, if you hand over a property like this to a studio or to a writer that's not actually a big fan, they're probably going to come through and go, like, this part, this part, and this part, take those, make their own separate little storyline over here that has nothing to do with the game. But this one actually felt like it stayed true. Not that I've played them very much. I think I only played Sands of Time, but right. it had the feel. Uh, very much so. Um, well, do do we want to go ahead and, and put the spoiler label right about here? Um, spoiler alert! I figure we might as well. I mean, we're going to get into it anyway. Okay. Here, here's my praise slash critique of the movie. You know, we talked about on the last podcast how the inherent flaw with this movie was that they had a device that was deus ex machina to begin with. You push the button, and, you know... At least they're honest and upfront about using a deus ex machina, as I pointed out last... Uh... The thing that, that I have to praise them for, since since I did put them to task for it to begin with, um, is that they do a good job, because in the beginning, Dostan and uh, Tamina... Uh, they have a very distrustful relationship. They're always stealing the dagger back and forth, and, um, you know, just certain elements of the plot make them distrustful of one another to begin with. And so you get a lot, uh, much more suspense out of the early, you know, the early, you know, 60 to 90 minutes of the movie than you might have otherwise, simply because there's all this uh, subterfuge and backstabbing going on between them to where, uh, the prince doesn't always have the dagger, so he actually yeah. has to do things. And characters die throughout the movie, and they just don't have the sand to bring them back. Yeah, and they actually had the minute time limit on the dagger, which I liked, because at that point, you know, there's a limit to how much you can do. Yeah, and he uses up, like, the whole minute in, like, the first 30 minutes of the movie, and then finds out that uh, the princess has, like, a little necklace of sand, so he's got, like, another minute, basically, to use throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. And they, they, they're they pretty good about letting you know when it's full and when it's empty. Yeah. So it's not like they're gonna go, you know, he presses it and, like, crap, the gun isn't loaded now! Yeah. Fire five bullets or six. Yeah, it's it, it's not like, uh, the only time it's ever empty is when it's dramatically appropriate. They at least do a good job of yeah. kind of showing you what their progress is. But... And there's a huge bond this. And and I don't really know because it seems like they did a great job with the story up to this point. So I have to wonder if maybe because of the fact that Disney it, it wasn't a touchstone movie, obviously. It was a Disney movie. They put the Disney logo on there. Is touchstone even in business anymore? I have no idea. But I haven't seen it. T- touchstone was, you know, Disney's adult. Uh, yeah, adult. Anytime they didn't want you to know it was something that was Disney, they you know put it out under Touchstone. But uh, 
in this one, it was the most dickless ending possible. I think it, it, it had to be because it was a Disney movie. Otherwise, they just wouldn't let you get away with it. Um, because they go to great lengths to explain that you can't, you know, there's this big supply of, you know, the sands of time that's underneath, um, I forget what the, the kingdom's city. name, but, uh, Amadul or something like that. Yeah. Um, under where the princess is from, and she's, you know, one of the guardians of the sands of time and whatnot. But you can't stick the dagger in there and then just press the button and go back as far as you want, because apparently, you know, the sands of time are there because, uh, one person was, was pure of heart when, uh, the gods were getting ready to erase mankind from the face of the earth, and they took pity on, on humanity because there is one pure soul, and they said, you know, here's the sands of time, here's how this works, and if you ever stick the dagger in here and try and go way back in the past and screw things, we're going to unleash the wrath of the gods and wipe out humanity. Well, I can kind of see that. I mean, I can kind of see the gods doing that, because uh, you, you don't want someone to uh, stick their mouth under a soda fountain and just press the button. No, you have to use a cop. Agreed, agreed. But they, they go to great lengths to put this plot element in there. And, of course, <laughs> the bad guy... Um, the prince's uncle wants to go in there and do just that. So he can go back in time to where he saves his brother who later, you know, goes on to be the king. And he, he suddenly realizes as, he old, as he's older, you know, if I had let that son of a bitch die, I could have been king. So I'm going to go back in the past and fix it. Only, you know, that's going to bring about the apocalypse. Or so we thought. Yeah. Because they go through that whole big scene where they're fighting in the temple and his uncle goes in there, and he sticks the dagger in the sands of time, he pushes the button, and then uh, the prince grabs it, and they wrestle with it for a while, and they rewind the whole movie. And somehow or another, and I still haven't figured out why, uh, he starts out at an earlier point in the movie, before his dad dies, before all of his brothers die, before anybody else gets killed. Uh, and Jim Arterton also died, uh, like, in that whole big, fight in the temple. At that point, you know that. she's coming back. Yeah, because I, I was having clash... I wanted to mention that just because I was having Clash of the Titans flashbacks. I was like, oh, oh God, Gemma died. It, it means that they're going to fix it here in a minute because they know I'm going to write angry letters if she uh, stays dead because I want her to be in the next movie if they make another one. But they still... can't off that character. And also, they're sitting right next to the... Uh, Giant know, glass of the sands of time. Yeah. Instead of just rewinding it a minute, they rewind it like the whole movie. That's what I thought. I, I think part of that may be that they didn't... Like, they didn't set the, the, the whole glass shattering and wrath of the gods outpouring on the world. They didn't set that up as, well, if you do too much, they said, if you do this, At then all. it will happen. And I think maybe that's, you, you can you can um, kind of uh, retcon stuff in there. Yeah. The explanation. But. Of course, the implication before Gemma's character fell into the pit was, you know, Prince Dawson has a destiny. And, of course, destiny is my word for bullshit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm the main character. I can do what I want. <laughs> see Ichigo Kurosaki. Uh, see, I don't know. Goku. Goku, Naruto, and any character that is not a uh, comic relief on there. Again, yeah. main characters and secondary characters are born that way. So, so somehow the prince manages to go back in time to right when they make the assault on the holy city. The the holy city there. Can't remember the name. Yeah, can't remember the fucking name. Um, 
Even though they they do a good job of telling you what the name of the places are, even though they don't tell you any of the characters. Well, it's apparently are. supposed to be the real world. Yeah. Except right. not. Except not at all. Except apparently using Jerusalem or Mecca as the holy city might get, you know, people uh, pissed. pissed. Yeah. But they they put him back in that time frame where he can say, oh, the you know, our uncle is trying to, uh, you know, assassinate the king, and here's how I can prove it, because uh, you told, you know, our, our father said this to you, and he, he's talking to, to his brother, and he's like, how did you know that I was alone? He's like, you told me this in the future, and yeah. he's like, okay, you know what, I believe you. I, you know, I, there, there can be no other possible explanation, like, you were hiding out and spying on me. You know, it has, it has to be that you traveled through fucking time to tell me this. I do think that was wrapped up a little too neatly. Like, if they had, if if they had had that big confrontation slightly earlier in the film where they had more time to, you know, set up that scene and, and you know, have the prince figure out a way to, you know, to, to prove the allegations, yeah. But it, as it was, it was kind of like, crap, okay, we've got... Uh, we've got ten minutes to, to wrap Kingsley this thing up. Jake Gyllenhaal are fighting over the dagger, and and they're going back through time, and faces are getting uh, rendered on top of this big giant uh, sand sculpture. What happens next? Uh, Element. 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 I just looked it up. I appreciate it. No problem. But, it was you know. it was driving me crazy. <laughs> uh, and they just like uh, yeah, yeah, what what was even worse? Here's what I'd hoped, but that I was okay happen. with it. What I hope that would happen was that since the uncle and the prince were holding on to it at the same time, they'd both remember everything, and since the princess was, you know, like, the guardian of, of the sands and whatever, that she'd remember what would happen. But, no, the prince was still the only person that remembered what was going on, so when his brother says, hey, why don't you marry the princess, uh, you know, she doesn't remember him at all, so he's just like, hey, baby, wink, nudge, and, oh, you know, the... Previously, this surly princess who has been pissy the whole movie, and, you know, it took them a while to kind of get that trust and, and everything else built up. She's like, oh, well, I like you, you know, complete and total stranger. I have one word for you. Destiny. God damn it. <laughs> oh. Well, he did hand her the dagger. Yeah. So. Display of trust, I suppose. You know, he is the... And, and there is not... Uh, his brother did apologize for. Yeah, but they never really. I don't think they, the city. they ever really get into. His uncle might have known. He might have recognized him, but we don't see enough of his uncle to know whether. Yeah, because he, he dies immediately afterwards. Yeah, so. we don't know if he's actually bewildered or if he's playing bewildered because you don't want to go. Yes, I'm making up the lie that there are. Uh, Weapons of mass destruction here because I want the uh, rare Oil. resource. <laughs> <laughs> I want the MacGuffinite underneath. Oh, I, I kind of like the fact that they're they're kind of making these real world points, Parallels. but it's it's so ham fisted like it is an Avatar. Like you know, this is a bigger issue than just you know you're, and, you're not and of doing course, the issue the temple, There is a uh, giant giant uh, Sands of Time spell. Yes. 
Well, I mean, that's that's what happens if you don't plug up, if you don't top kill the uh, sands of time, <laughs> it will spill, you know, the wrath of the gods will spill out upon the world. and Cover all the little seals. Yes, uh, <laughs> you know. Ah, uh, BP. <laughs> so, here's what we learned today. Uh, Gemma Arterton is the zombie queen of Hollywood, because uh, every role she dies in, she'll come back. And when she uh, tries to kiss Jake Gyllenhaal, I think she tried to eat his face. Uh, not that I would be completely okay with her trying to eat my face, because I would be. But And also, uh, the movie, not half bad, just a completely dickless ending. Yeah, I mean, I was I was okay with it because my expectations were already low, but they they did a fairly good job, and I would not like I would not uh, facepalm if they did a, a sequel if they announced a sequel. <laughs> I, I would only facepalm if uh, Jim Arterton is not in it. I don't think I, I can. I would face facepalm if uh, she died and came back again. Yeah, but I hope she gets old. I hope they don't use the sand next time. Like, I hope there's a, you know, like, they just don't use it. Like, oh, it's dangerous to use this because, you know, this is the Wrath of the Gods and we're playing with things. I hope they have some reason that they can't use the sand. That would be great. Because then they can actually introduce something, you know, other plots within the same world. I liked it. I'm sorry. I liked it because it wasn't uh, letters from Juliet. Agreed. Uh, So, do you have anything else? Because I think John and I kind of like we ran over you. Well, you know, I can't get a word in edgewise with you two. Now, if Charlie and Chad were here, I I would never been able to say anything. So I'm going to say you guys stole my answers. Sure. So there's my crap ending. There's his dickless ending. Okay. Well, I guess that's that then. And I also learned not to stick your head in the ball return. Nice. That's a different podcast for a different day. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, um, I guess just to remind everyone, um, if you want to win the shirt, it's still out there. Uh, The shirt we got signed at MTAC, chainsawbuffet.com slash MTAC. Um, How about the shirt I wear sometimes? No. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, no. I don't think any of us have even seen the shirt that much because no. Charlie's had it. Charlie needs to get photos because otherwise I feel Charlie like... Charlie lays in bed with it and rolls all in it going, oh. He's, he's probably freaked that shirt a little bit. I just, I, I feel like we're, uh, you know... It's got love stains on it. Yeah. It looks like we're selling a bill of goods. Like, yes, yeah, send in your uh, name and email address and... Uh, um, <laughs> we'll sell it. Spam you company. You might win something or whatever. I don't know. Um, and also, if you have any questions or comments or anything, uh, podcast at chainsawbuffet.com. No job is too big. No fee is too big. If you need us. If, no you, if, you, need, if you need something yeah. and you can find us. Maybe you can. Hire us or ask us a question. Because... Yeah, this this is definitely a an equally dickless ending. Yes, it is. All right. Next podcast is eighteen. I hope not. <laughs>